There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500 is it acceptable to go to mickey d's just for a drink (laughs) of course it is but good luck leaving with just a drink it's more than a drink it's a mickey d's drink and right now a small minute made slushy is just 159 so all you have to do is choose a flavor like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Nobody listens. Rob, <laughs> you listen to me? Huh? Uh, what? What? Yeah. what? What? I'm shining button. <laughs> oh, so Rob. Yeah. So if Stanley has a question that drawn. About the turnbuckles, it looks like there's two in the middle. Well, she said t- she said you can go after yourself. <laughs> oh, that, that does <laughs> Best helping ever. Welcome to Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio, right here on the PW Twenty Four Seven Radio <laughs> Network. <laughs> and uh, See, yeah, that's one of those moments that Stan should say, "Hey guys, we're live." No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> we, we we wanted the hot open, and we got it. It's hot to trot, baby. Welcome to the all out fallout. We knew we knew it was going to be talkative, right? But we didn't know. Well, frankly, we didn't know what we didn't know. And it's uh, it's time to review AEW. It's an AEW heavy show tonight because, frankly, um, outside of Roman continuing his push. And uh, one of the Usos now is the number one contender, which I, I think there's uh, something in that. But anyway, um, outside of that, really not a lot to talk about outside of All Out. So let's do it. It's myself, Stan Grubb, the tag team partners. The triple threat is here. Rob Hefner. Don't, don't you mean sickly Rob Hefner? Well, that's true. Are, are you feeling any better, dude? I'm fine. Well, he's fine. He's sir. fine. He's fine. Yeah. 
You're fine. I'm fine. I had a headache <laughs> you still got the headache? <laughs> hey, Rob, just so you know, you're a little low. So don't don't get bat- mad if we start talking over you. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm used to it. Oof. Oof. Damn, shots fired already. You know, we're not even five seconds in, really. Damn. And then, of course, is Brian Taylor. Then I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't address you properly. Brian yeah, O'Reilly, know. folks, the no spin zone is here. Then I'll try it again. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> it's okay, Brian. What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on? I felt like we just did this the other night. We did. We did. And you didn't like it then. You don't like it now. But I'm, I'm still going to do it. it. It's part of the job. So, yeah. fellas, all out. AEW, all out. Part dose. Ah, uh, jeez. You know, pay-per-views are tough, right? You're going to pay 50, 60 bucks. You're going to watch a show. You're hoping for the best. First and foremost, I had no idea all Out was going to be four hours. Um, I don't, They're always four hours. That, that's just it. I don't know why I didn't remember that, because I watched Revolution. I watched Full Gear, Double or Nothing, the whole nine. And, yeah, I, last I recall, they were four hours, too. Well, the one, didn't it last to, like, 1230? Uh, the first Double or Nothing did. It was, like, 1230 yeah. was done. That That's true. Hmm. But, and, and, and this week or this one, I think for me, they they did the too much, right? So it yeah. was almost like that twelve hour WrestleMania a thon way back in the day, because it started at what five thirty, something like that yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I, look, more doesn't always mean better. Um, stick, give me, give me the, the buy-in and give me a pay-per-view and I don't need everything else. Yeah. I, Fatigue, I think. Such. I had really high hopes after last year's all in and all out. I mean, um, I, I, I really was excited to see the tag title match, the heavyweight title match. Um, of course, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa, <laughs> Well, I was really looking forward to that. The Casino Battle Royale, um, it was kind of up in the air, but I felt like I felt like it had potential. And when we talked about it earlier in the day, we were like, "Who could the the secret secret competitor, the Joker, be?" And I think we all predicted Pac. If it's what I saw. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah we had a few, but I think Pac was the. General consensus. Yeah. I mean, Matt Seidel would not have been on my list. I'm sorry. No, no. He was a complete surprise to me. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not knocking that pick or, I guess, uh, you know, that signee. Um, uh, you know, I just think it kind of sucks having the uh, – the event that happened to him happened to him. <laughs> yeah, um, we're probably going to bounce around the card because there's a lot of memories I have here that I I really wish I had put a notebook together. Maybe next time that's what I'll do. Um, but Not enough time. 
God knows I did. Jeez, oh, flip. It, I don't know why. It just, it drug on. And I, I didn't learn about the, the temperature in the arena and the humidity until much later. So when by the time I learned about that, I was like, ah, now it makes sense. Some of this starts to fill in the blanks. So let's start from the beginning. Um, the buy-in, we had Joey Janela against Serpentico. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta be honest, Brian. I missed this match completely. I know it was on. I was kind of cooking dinner. Did you happen to catch it? You uh, I, so dinner. I caught. It was your birthday. Eh. What can I do? <laughs> Cook dinner. <laughs> exactly. Get out of the kitchen. Boy. Get out of kitchen. <laughs> uh, so I caught bits and pieces. I just walked in the door from work and was changing, so I didn't get like all of it. So we did get word early on Saturday that the tooth and nail matchup was going to be moved to the main pay-per-view, which made it all the more intriguing because now suddenly, you know, fan response has has driven AEW to make a move. Uh, Brian, do you think this was a smart move or should it have just stayed on the buy-in? Um, well, I guess the way it turned out, I would have been okay with the buy-in. But I think the promise that it held, I think you probably should have been on the main show. And, and the, one of the big reasons, if this was uh, Britt Baker's return, and she is one of your stronger uh, female competitors, right? I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of putting like your strong players on the on like a buy-in or a pre-show. I think it takes away from the show itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with the switch. However, I guess after watching it, and I think it only clocked in like 12 minutes or something, um, you know, hindsight being 2020, I'd have been okay on the pre-show. Well, all things considered, when you look at some of the other events of the show, it turns out we had plenty of time. <laughs> well, yeah, but so, so one of my big, I, you know, I have a complaint. What? One of them is... What? So, to me, the first few matches, I'd say almost probably up to the buy-in, definitely up to uh, Rosa and Sheeta, everything just seemed really rushed. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. Go into that. Like somebody didn't tell them they had four hours? I, I would think they'd know that. I mean, it just it was just like, again, the first match. And to me, this is a big match, right? Swole versus Britt Baker. I don't think you should have had Rebel involved. And it should have gone longer than 12. But for whatever reason, to me, it was very rushed. And I think that's why there were mistakes made. And... The, you know, the next few matches were, to me, rushed as well. Yeah, there was an air of, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, uncertainty, I guess that'd be the way I'd put it. They, they just did, nobody, nobody seemed confident with what they were doing. It, it was probably the first time that these guys just seemed like, hmm, what do we do now? Hmm, what do we do now? Like, they kept, and a lot of it, we would find out that it was 93 degrees and 100% humidity during this show 
God. You know, we've we've done some broadcast outside Lake Anna for mm-hmm. one. That was probably the hottest one we've been at. Um but I don't know if we've ever been anything like that. I couldn't imagine sitting at a broadcast table, much less performing in a ring in that kind of uh, heat. Yeah, I, I mean, you would think that they would have fans or something brought in and, you know, maybe change up Daly's place or something so the fans are blown right onto the ring. Right. Um, I, I think that's probably where a lot of this comes from. Mm-hmm. But then again, uh, you know, the rush, I don't I don't know where the rushing comes from. But I think that caused some of the miscues as well. I mean, I won't call them botches, but I mean, they had some really bad miscues. Well, the, some of them were forgivable. Um, the rushing, like with Serpentico and Janela, I didn't see much of that. Private Party and Dark Order, it was okay. Um, neither team had a great showing during this match. Um, this was probably the first example that I could see that there was just a lot of rushing. Um, let's do this, let's do this, hurry up, hurry up. Um, and then mm-hmm. a lot of looking around, a lot of I'm not sure where to go. Um, but they got to it, they got through <coughs> it. And to me, I think the blame or the onus goes on Tony Khan for probably telling him, hey, we're putting the tooth and nail match in, so I need you to do the best you can to speed it up. Yeah, but uh, something tells me since it was cinematic, it was already filmed. Right, right. So So they knew where it locked in at. Right. So when he put it in there, he probably figured, "Eh, I could shave a minute here, shave a minute there. Well, I I think I think the rush comes probably from um, Guevara and Matt Hardy. Yeah, uh, that the, wow. There's a lot to uncover with that. Let's let's go through. Well, I guess what the best thing we could do here is go in order. So yeah, just go through order. But yeah. I I think that's they were probably, you know, of course that was probably going to be a lot longer, and yeah. that's probably why they were rushing. And then once they got through that, they just kind of settled down a little bit. Yeah, the the tempo, the attitude that you came in with, there was a lot of frenzied kind of behavior. Um, we talked about Janela and Serpenico, Private Party and the Dark Order. Uh, we get to the main show, and let's go ahead and talk about it. It turns out to be a cinematic match. It's Tooth and Nail, Britt Baker and Big Swole. Um well, for what it was, the comedy effect, it worked. It was all right. The uh, the hard-hittingness or the feel of it, 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 there wasn't a lot of serious attitude in this. There wasn't any kind of real grit outside of the way uh, Swole beat the crap out of Britt Baker. And, and Rebby, or Reba, or Rebel. What the hell is her mm-hmm. name? I think it's Reba, but she goes by Rebel. So. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's, they had the comedy of, you know, the um, rebel at the front desk, Big Swole making fun of her, beating her up <laughs> repeatedly. Uh, let's see. There really wasn't a standout moment for that, although I did find it a little unsettling that the way that Swole won was that she gassed Britt Baker. No, no. So I found it unsettling when they drove the needle into the leg. Yes! What the hell? Actually, you actually let go of it, 
so you know it's actually in the leg. Ugh, no. I hate so, needles, too, so yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, all that would have taken is, is one bad mistake, and that needle could have snapped, and you probably would have had problems. Oof. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's probably saline or something, so it's not like there was anything really done, but still, Jesus. Uh, oh, that, yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's nothing in it, but I'm talking like the needle itself. Those, the the syringes doesn't take much to snap the needle off of them. Mm-hmm. And literally, you're talking the wrestling show, and it's just sitting in the leg, <laughs> you know, for, what, 10, 15 seconds or whatever. One good swipe would have really, could have really screwed her up. It reminded me that. Just imagine uh, playing that out, you know? Oh, jeez. Imagine playing, hey, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm gonna jab this in your leg. You gonna what? Right? <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah, cool with that? That, that <laughs> one got me. Yeah, there was there was a lot of uncomfortable. It it just didn't make sense to me. Like, what the hell? Why are we Why are we stabbing someone in the leg? Much less, I mean, it's like an Ace Ventura moment. Like, ah, like freaking out because there's literally something jabbed in your leg, but whatever. (laughs) But, I mean, for what it was, and like Brian said, it was 12 minutes. It wasn't ridiculously long. So you had, you had enough, you know what I mean? It wasn't bad. Yeah. And again, I, I, so when cinematic matches are done good, they're great. Mm Mm-hmm. But when they're kind of, eh, eh, you kind of, you're kind of like, uh, I would have much rather seen the actual match. Yeah, yeah, and in this so, case, it it was. Uh, we found out that Brit wasn't actually a hundred percent. Hopefully, we'll get one in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we will. I th- I don't think we've seen the end of this, which is fine with me. Um, the feud itself has been entertaining as hell. So, and mm. I mean, look at what we've gotten from Britt Baker. Look at the new kind of the new attitude we've gotten out of Britt. Mm. Yeah. So, we, right, what's, yeah, what's we move on from Britt and Big Swole. Big Swole, of course, wins after, like I said, smothering her with the gas. The fuck. Sorry. Oh, I did think it was funny when she woke up. Oh yeah. Where, where am I? Where, where am I? <laughs> what and then happened? she realizes she lost. So we go to my first match that really made me mad. Really made me mad. The Bucks against Jurassic Express. And no, it's not because the Bucks won. That doesn't make me mad. Lies. But what really makes me mad about this is apparently Nick and Matt Jackson have just completely forgotten how to sell. Just completely forgotten. This, I would attribute, this match would be the thing that, the first match that really showed me that these guys were getting drained almost as soon as they got to the ring. Because at, the, at first, you know, there there's a decent little rhythm. I'm like, okay, so maybe they just had... A, a, a trip up and they're going to make this work but then suddenly there's <laughs> there's just they're going for the BTE trigger in the middle um, there's a poison run up where Nick Jackson goes over the you know goes over for the for the move stands up and just stands there just like looking around 
Like, what's going on? Hey, guys, look at me. I'm one of the Young Bucks. Like, what? What are you doing, dude? Like, and this match just made no sense to me. There was no sense of chemistry. And here's the thing that cracks me up. I'm sitting here getting pissed, and I'm like, I love both of these tag teams, and this match just isn't working. And then I look at Twitter, and I'm like, everybody's like, this is the greatest match I've ever seen. And I didn't do it because I, I didn't want to get into that conversation, but what match were these guys watching? Because this match was not that good. <laughs> So, remember what I said earlier about getting that fu out. Go ahead, man. It's all right. <laughs> no, so I I will differ. I I didn't think it was again that bad of a match. Right. I do think that the miscues were very visible. Hmm. Um. You you know again you could clearly. Um, clearly catch almost all of them, and there probably were more than there should have been. However, I do think that you're right on the fact that as soon as you come outside, you know, you're immediately just covered in sweat. Mm -hmm. And I think they probably did get drained a lot faster than they were anticipating and maybe that's another reason why some of these matches were rushed. Maybe they were trying to get them over and done with and try and get to later in the evening where hopefully it would cool down. Right, right. You know, who, who, you know, who knows? But um, there were a couple of kicks that you could clearly see were off the mark. Um, but, I mean, even for, for me, even for the miscues, I thought it was a good match. Um I thought it was entertaining, to say the least. I liked the interaction with Marco's stunt, and I think it—I think it's Nick Jackson. I, I liked that mm. interaction where he finally super kicks him after taunting him like the whole night. I thought that was oh, funny. He kicked his head off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those were those were entertaining parts. Like the, the match wasn't without its its merits. It's just you know, first off, you're not doing anybody any favors by just completely no selling a a move like a poison rana. That's not an easy move to pull off, and you completely make your opponent look like an asshole when when you just stand there like, uh, what's going on? Hey guys, <laughs> it just it really irritated me, and and I don't know why. I think it's honestly one I didn't know. I had no idea that the weather was what it was. I I, I said that earlier. I didn't know about that until uh, maybe an hour after the show was done. That the actual temperature there. So, I mean, I'm positive that, that that you're right on that, that, you know, you get out there and two minutes in, you're dripping with sweat because, you know, it doesn't matter how much water you drink, by the way, um, you, that's going to sap your energy real quick. And everything hurts even worse if you can't move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I, I, I have to go back and rewatch parts of the show anyway, but... Mm-hmm. I don't remember that spot you're talking about where he kind of stands up or whatever. Um, so I'll take a look. I'll see. I, I mean, I, I and quite possibly this is what happened to the fans on Twitter. You just, for whatever reason, you just missed that. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and this was one of those times where usually during an AEW pay-per-view, if we're not watching it together, which, oh, wow. Actually, we haven't watched one together yet, have we? 
Damn. What, AEW? Yeah. Uh, me and Rob have. I don't know if the three of us have. Hmm. Yeah, I watched oh, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. oh, the earlier ones. Yeah. I think we watched one or two of the earlier ones. But we've had, what, three this year? Yeah, yeah. Two, three? Yeah, three. And, you know, due to COVID, um, kind of put a damper on it. Stupid COVID. Stupid Corona. <laughs> um, like I said, I mean, look, I'm a Bucks fan. Of course, I'm a Jurassic Express fan. Um, but I'm sick of seeing the leg slaps. I'm sick of, uh, you know, the no selling and the standing around for dives. Like that, that just drives me nuts. I think it's getting more irritating now because the guys that know better are the, still the ones that are doing it. But I think it just you could sense that there was something off from the beginning, kind of like Brian said. We go from a tag match that wait, what do you, what, hold on, but what do you, I, I got the leg slaps. Um, those were pretty evident. The diving, standing around for dives. You talking about like outside the ring? Yeah, yeah. So the first time, the first time they but go for one. Well, yeah, and that just sucks all around. But you'd think like the guys <laughs> like the Bucks would speed it up and tad. The place they could have sped it up, they didn't. As a matter of fact, yeah, but, they stood around longer. <laughs> But yeah, I'm sick of that. I don't. I don't recall. I don't recall really ever seeing, but maybe a few times where that setup actually looks correct. You know what I'm saying? You might be right I mean, on that. I'm sure, yeah, and I, I'm talking like in any federation anywhere. I mean, you might have got lucky because I would imagine the way it should be is as the one rolls out the ring, the one in the ring is already against the opposite ropes so that when the first guy stands up, he's coming over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, I I mean, it may have happened by accident a couple times that I've seen, but, I mean, most of the time, I mean, Lord, you could have a 20-man battle roll and set that move up where there's 20 guys outside the ring waiting for 30 seconds before somebody comes piling out, and they're all looking in the ring. <laughs> And they all look surprised when the guy flies over the rope. What? Oh. <laughs> right, right. What? What happened? <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah. People in the stands are like, oh, my God, that was great. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> the Me blind mom. guy in the stands going, I saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> the referee's going to run to get popcorn and a drink. My right. God, this is going to be amazing. Best spot yeah, I mean, ever. I, I don't. I don't recall. I mean, there's maybe a few people that have ever pulled that off the way it should be. So I think outside I of see uh, it, it's like horrible. Outside of maybe yeah. Lucha Libre, maybe. I don't. I don't even know if they can pull it off right. I mean, that is such a. It would have to be such a timing thing, where the one rolling out the ring has to almost hop right up. You know what I'm saying? in order for that thing to be pulled off properly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might be right. There might be another Canadian destroyer that, you know, you oh. got to let it, let it disappear for a while. Thanks for bringing that up. How many of those did we see last night, by the way? I don't know, but everybody's doing those. <laughs> everybody's it's the move of the, of the year. Let's start a damn drinking game for the Canadian destroyer. We'll be drunk before the middle of the card. Right. I think it's one of those moves that, you know, everybody's talking about the flippy dippy stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And now everybody's like, well, I can do a destroyer. I'll be flippy dippy too, you know. <laughs> Works for Ricky Morton. Flying move. <laughs> it's it's like when you it's like it's like when you watch a battle royal and you know once or twice somebody's gone over and been like the whole oh I almost went over and I saved myself thing. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like every other person. You're like, all right, give it up. <laughs> yeah, just go out. Be out. Nobody yeah. cares. You're number Shawn 22, Michaels, okay? Kofi, Ziggler. I mean, yeah. there's, the list goes on and on now. One, one time you, you'll get The Undertaker to come back and he'll do it. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He'll, he'll be so tall steps. he can just sit on the ring and put his foot down. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. Yeah. Don't he'll give him any ideas. Being like, I wouldn't help. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned Battle Royal. That means, guess what's coming up? It's the Casino Battle Royale. Now, I was really looking forward to this Battle Royal, even though the buildup for it was an absolute cluster F this past Wednesday. Um, I just felt like they just said, like, hey, let's just do a brawl. Everybody go out there. It was just 10 minutes of a brawl that didn't need to happen. But as it well, turns you, out. Isn't that normally what happens? Isn't that the setup? Fairly. The yeah, it's, it's true. It's basically your Royal Rumble build-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, so, hey. I mean, and, and again, this is... Go ahead. Well, no, 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 no. You're, you're good. You're good. Oh, I was going to say, this is stuff that they need to... You know, everybody should look at from the WWE, the mm-hmm. Impact, the AEW, and be like, uh, well, we want to be different. Let's Let's build this up right and not just have 20 people charge the ring and fight three days before the pay-per-view. Yeah, and it, it, this was one of those things where a few days ago, Tony Khan did a, uh, a presser for All Out, and he said that uh, Double or Nothing kicked WrestleMania's ass as far as the show is concerned. And I, I happen to agree. I think Double or Nothing really did better because they just had a better approach. But you knew when that statement got made, you're like, ooh, be careful. Not because WWE is going to rebound and you know kick his butt, but more because when you start patting yourself on the back, it's usually about six inches away from a kick in the pants. And I think that's what uh, last night kind of was. Not on purpose, I, I want to be fair, but the the Battle Royal was a bit of a cluster. Not as bad as it could have been. Um, although, like the, the whole thing between the inner circle and the best friends, um, that to me, like... That could have been its own tag match. Handing a a metal slug to Sean Spears, but he never uses it, never does anything with it. As a matter of fact, never really does anything. Goes to the commentary desk. Hey, guys, how's it going? I'm smarter than everybody. Oh, oops, I got a battle royal to win. What the hell? You're not very smart then. Um, and then the, <laughs> the unfortunate debut... <laughs> Of Matt Seidel. And, you know, Jordan Grace posted last night on Twitter, how can people laugh at somebody almost breaking their neck? First off, Miss Grace, while I certainly appreciate your uh, abilities within the ring, let's be clear, nobody was laughing at Seidel for almost hurting himself. Once we knew he was okay, it was, wow, that's a Titus O'Neil moment. That's all it was. Nobody is thinking Seidel is a bad performer. As a matter of fact... Outside of the botch of the top rope spot, um, Seidel had a really good showing for himself last night. So, 
I don't know that I'd put him in, a, in that bit of uh, rarefied air just yet. But yeah, it was a moment that I think everybody's going to remember. It's going to be a meme for a good while. Oh, for sure. Um, and again, it's so it's no slight to him. And I imagine that move is like amazingly hard to pull off. Um, but you know, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. It's what ninety three degrees mm-hmm. in Florida. The humidity is probably you know so high it's, it's absolutely ridiculous and something like that was bound to happen and he just happened to be the one that it happened to well and you you say that and it's you know what people are like oh it's that bad performer i mean every performance in the ring has had a moment right i mean how many of those youtube clips have we seen when the rock goes down to do the rock bottom or cena does the fist and they're five feet away, away from the person mm-hmm. you know so it's like everybody has a moment where it's like whoops right that wasn't good yeah so it's just, but like what Brian said, it was, you know, the humidity may have had something to do with it. The turnbuckle could have been slick because of the sweat and the humidity. So all of, a lot of factors. Uh, so this is where I started to see some risks that honestly don't need to be taken. During this battle royal, Darby Allen in true Darby Allen form goes all out pardon the pun, with a skateboard. Just just attacking, you know, Cage and Starks. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's continuing the feud. And I like seeing him and Starks interact. I really like that build-up. But then they do something that just... Honestly, it scared me for Darby's health. They put Darby Allen in a body bag filled with thumbtacks. Well, somewhat. It looked like more or less he spilled it outside the body bag. Probably on purpose, but still. Not a great look. Um, but it wasn't that... That really made me concerned. It was the powerbomb toss over the top rope that he did to Darby Allen, where, thank God, he landed away from the steps. But, I mean, damn. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, so, give me just a second, and I'll respond to that. You, what's the word I'm looking for here? You... Sissy. Oh, oh, I'm a sissy now. Eli. What has happened to great Stan Grubb? I don't know. grew up watching, like, uh, dog collar matches and strap matches and kendo matches. And, sorry, I'm just busting down a uh, cold beverage. Oh, pop a top. Sure, I did. I'm not, I'm not going to say it on air because... They're not sponsoring us, but should uh, the Coca-Cola company like to throw some ducks towards uh, C2C, uh, I'll be more than happy to promote your product. I want to say thank you for making sure you mention C2C instead of using your name, because we own your name, sir. (laughs) Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. 
Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> Listen, Coke. Speaking of the copyrights that weren't bought. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Coke hurts coming through the nose. Okay. <laughs> the official right, well, thoughts of Dr. Desire. <laughs> now, the hard part about being in that bag is you really can't see how he takes it. Right. So you don't know if he's set upright. You don't know if he's upside down. You don't know any of it. Uh, I think as far as attacks go, I think probably 90% of them were still left on the Mac. Right, right. Um, I'm sure somewhere in the bag, but I think most of them. Um, but, you know, again, we're, we're talking this, this. It's probably like, you know, Foley and the Undertaker. You know, if I remember right, Vince is like, don't do nothing stupid. Foley and Undertaker are like, okay. Let's do Foley something stupid. <laughs> they go to the back. Uh, let's do something really stupid. Uh, you know, so maybe it was one of those things. Hey, well, we got this spot we want to do. And Cody's like, got it. You don't do nothing. Don't kill nobody. Right. And he throws the thumbs up, and Darby and the rest of them are kind of snickering, you know? <laughs> Rolling the mustache. Nah, we're not going to do nothing. We're not killing nobody. And then they go and try and kill somebody. Except Darby <laughs> Allen. <laughs> right? Except Darby Allen. Darby's like, sure, uh, I'll be put in a body bag where I can't see a damn thing, and you're going to throw me where I don't know where I'm going. Sure. Something tells, <laughs> and something I can't tells break me that might even been Darby's. Darby's idea. Now that wouldn't surprise me. In all sincerity, yeah. that would not surprise me at all. Uh, you know, I, I think I think it it while again maybe not the smartest thing you did, it does give him that feel. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That that the little bit of in, uh, invincibility, the little bit of this dude is absolutely crazy. This guy is a little hardcore. He's, he's you know, becoming extreme. So that when he faces a guy like Cage and they just get into a bloody mess, you can start to believe it. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I believe he's crazy. I definitely believe yeah. he's crazy. I mean, Darby might be a buck fifty. And yet he's got to, he, he might have to wrestle with somebody like Cage, who's probably outweighs him almost a hundred pounds. Well, if you can't out wrestle him, you got to out hard him, <laughs> out you know, crazy you gotta, him. Yeah, you got to out crazy him. You got to give the fans what they want. So, like Mick Foley in the day. Hey, guess what, guys? <laughs> I want you to take me on the scaffolding, <laughs> right, and throw me in a pit of acid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> think of when Vader power bombs Foley onto the concrete. Oh, um, yeah, that was yeah. that's a nice nasty power bomb for you. 
So, you know, it, it could have been one of those things where let's let's start making Darby hardcore and, you know, we're trying to set up a division for that and we're trying to gear a certain title towards that direction and yeah, we need people like Darby. So let's show the fans how extreme Darby is. Or how flexible or airborne. (laughs) It was uh, AEW's lawn dart incident, I think it qualifies. So now I I didn't mind the battle wall. I was like, he didn't mind Darby being prone to his death in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did find it odd, though, how the how the the grouping kind of played out. Yeah, like... That makes sense. Twice in a row, where... Because the way the the Casino Battle Royale works is you start off, everybody's in a a certain suit, in a certain grouping, right? A group of five. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, So you got the clubs, spades, diamonds, and hearts, and then the last person that enters, the 21st guy, is the Joker. Right, so that's how it's laid out. So every three minutes, another another suit comes in. But outside of the first set, it was like they just said, "Okay, you guys go out together. You guys go out together." And to me, I was like, "Eh, that's that's dumb. We don't need the Butcher and Blade coming out together. We don't need Eddie Kingston and and one of either Ray Phoenix or the Lucha Bros coming out. You got to mix it up a little bit. Come on, make us at least guess." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then again, so like in other, like the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Right? If you had, I mean, or other battle royals, you wouldn't really have so many bad guy factions in there, you know, that many bad guys in there at the same time. Right. Uh, and it just seemed like there were way too many of uh, the Inner Circle and way too many of Kingston's group and. You know, it just seemed like there were way too many bad guy factions in there at one time. Well, I think Tony Khan has a love affair with bad guys. I really do. I, I think he's like, oh, I remember all these great heels. It's like, you know that there was a good guy somewhere in that mix, right? It's <laughs> just, just to point say, that like, out. Do they, do they have any good guys actions? Uh, well, I, I think that was one of my thoughts. Um, probably three quarters of the way in. When I realized like who was left, it was kind of like, okay, so who, who's the face that's going to give the big comeback, you know, to, to win this thing? And I'm just kind of looking at everybody like, uh, wait, <laughs> we're missing something here. Yeah, they'll be on next week. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Show B has the good guys. Show A has the bad guys. <laughs> Uh, you know, this this Battle Royal wasn't without some highlights, though. Uh, Will Hobbs had a great showing for himself. Mm-hmm. That guy has a bright future. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like watching him kind of reminded me of um, kind of like Ahmed Johnson, almost, as far as mm-hmm. just how intimidating and intense he was. And I like the fact that he was willing to go toe-to-toe with Archer and Cage. So we've got kind of like a, mm-hmm. ha- a Hoss division. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I've I've said it in the chat and on multiple chats. I think he can be big in the future. Mm-hmm. Once he makes a little name for himself, I think he can be huge. I think I think what would have been cool is if we had Griff Garrison in there too. 
So then, oh my God! So then somebody could be like, "Who the f is Griff Garrison?" <laughs> yeah, only if we could have gotten Jr. do it. Sorry. Boop. I thought we were on Wednesday night where I could say it. <laughs> well, I mean, in all in all sincerity, we're we're broadcasting live through pw twenty four seven radio dot com, um, Spreaker dot com, of course. So I mean. And maybe it's time we just make sure we're a little bit more open. Keep us, keep us hashtag hell damn ass when we simulcast with uh, the folks over at Beyond Ringside. Uh, so we are go- we are sliding into the attitude era of corner to corner. It might as well. Got to adapt with the times. The final thought I wanted to put to this battle royal, and then we put that bad boy to bed. Is uh, hey Jake? Fucking yeah! <laughs> wow, thanks, Rob. Uh, so hey, hey Jake Roberts. Nobody gives a shit about the snake in the bag. As a matter of fact, since you didn't show it any anything, and Eddie Kingston kicked it, maybe not, maybe not do that anymore. Because what a complete distraction from the actual ending. It's like, hey, hey, I'm Jake Roberts. I'm out here on the outside. Let me get my shine too. Just I hope, I, I hope, I hope, I hope that one day. You can go to one of these fan fests, and there's old Jake sidling up to you in the beside in the urinals, and he looks at you and says, "Hey, Ew. aren't you Stan Grub?" <laughs> nope. Why? Yes. Yes. No, I I'm am. Brian Taylor. <laughs> here's here's a python for you, big guy. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see Jake's hog. Okay. Thanks. I'm good. <laughs> I think he's past those days, by the way. I don't think he shows it to just anybody anymore. No, apparently not. I mean, he had a chance to show the world last night. He, <laughs> he, he got a little stage fright. <laughs> well, Eddie Kingston kicked the crap out of the bag. So, I mean, I don't know if it was really, if he really had it or not. My my daughter was convinced he did. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, is there a snake in that bag? I was like, maybe. She's like, is it poisonous? I said, no, I don't think so. I don't think he has any poisonous snakes. Oh, I want to see a poisonous snake. I'm like, great, great. She wants to see somebody get killed on TV. That's awesome. I, I will I will say I imagine it'll happen sooner or later, you know, with the snake. But, I, you know, maybe I could have done with a way, you know, done without that spot as well. Ah, we're pulling him, Rob. He's coming back. He's coming away from the light. So, I don't think so, Scrooge. Well, <clears throat> if you're not coming Although back from I the light on this next one. Later. Oh, will you? Okay. I will comment okay. on Magnum. Uh-oh. He's going to talk about the greatest of all time, Rob. It's coming. <sighs> so we go from the Battle Royal. Lance Archer, by the way, comes away with the victory. Um, I'm interested in seeing the build-up for this because if he's the guy that beats Mox but wasn't the guy that could beat Cody, I've got questions. Just going to put that out there. Why? Well, I mean, there's one there's one way to look at it, which, hey, he slips up. You know, he slips on a banana peel, gets gets beat by Cody, recovers, dominates, beats Mox, right? I can see that. Makes sense. But at the same time, it's like his first major buildup in a feud, he just, it just it, to me, it didn't come off looking very strong. But I think there's just two schools of thought to it. Yeah, but so let's look at the buildup, right? Which way? He shows For Cody? up in the and has what? A couple weeks? 
before he gets a shot? I mean, he bloodies up Dustin Rhodes. I mean, he beats up a lot of people. Not to mention, you know, the guys in the back. <laughs> okay, but so was the build-up good? I thought that build-up was great. Okay, and and so then he gets he to the match, won, and I was just like, eh. If, if he had won in his first probably legit match, trying to remember if there were any, I, I guess, big match, and he had won the title, would you have had a problem? No, not at all. Because he competed in the tournament. He had to go all the way through the tournament. But if every new person who comes in wins that title or wins a title, you'd have a problem with it, right? Oh, yeah. At that point, I would. So let's hold him and give him another another run at the world title. Which, again, you have to look at I, – I think you have to look at, like, the environment. Mm-hmm. If we hadn't had COVID, I would imagine plans would have probably been different from the start. Yeah, probably I can see that. So I think things kind of really got out of whack once COVID shut stuff down and, mm-hmm. you know, they were only doing stuff. And the same thing with the WWE, because we know Roman Reigns was supposed to win at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Roman says, no, I'm not going. And Braun wins. Right. You know, so I would imagine that based off of who was in certain feuds, you probably didn't get Archer where you wanted him to begin with. And you probably had who you wanted to take the title off of Cody to begin with. And, you know, I would imagine there was a lot of booking changes mm-hmm. probably throughout the first seven or eight months of this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, COVID has had a, a huge impact on a lot of different plans with a lot of different companies. I absolutely agree. Um, hey, quick shout out to the boys over at TNM7, TNM7.com, TNM7, second edition of of <laughs> version 7, geez, oh, flip, is uh, available for download now, as is tournament edition, which is now Windows-based. Quick shout out to Oliver Cop for working overtime and getting that product put together. And, of course, Indie Supercard as they continue to put out great products, including It's Your Boys, the Triple Threat, Corner to Corner, getting their own Supercard, Indie Supercard. Can't wait to see this in production. We're going to be able to post the, uh, the proof very soon. I just had to get the okay from those in charge to make sure they're not uh, upset without, our, without their permission. So I'll be posting that here soon on the website. And we should tell them that uh, we've read the card, and uh, it could be one of those cards that you just can't build a deck without. It's a game changer, I think. It's definitely a benefit to have it in your deck. Let's go out there and order order them cards. Let's face it. We're game changers. We are. We know. We know. And even Rob's on it. That's right. Rob is the muscle in that group. No. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is like, no. no. I like the fact that this, the picture that was t- was picked that is the one stands drawn as ripped as shit. <laughs> well, if it was me today, it would just be me with a beer gut. I mean, who wants to see that? Well, if it, if it was you today, the other two of us wouldn't even be in it. 
We'd be blocked down by your gut. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and the glare. Ouch. Ouch. And, and your one-size-too-small shirt. The schmediums are always comfortable, sir. <laughs> the poor man's Venetian blind. <laughs> All right. Fuck. Screw he tugs, you guys. He tugs, he tugs it too hard. <laughs> Rolls all the way up to my chin. It's not. It's not pretty. <sighs> Someone's like, "When did they make that many Superman shirts and Under Armour?" Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not supposed to be Under Armour. <laughs> Those seams are going. <laughs> <laughs> Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> it's pretty bad when I can join in my own jokes. Damn it. One false move, and this team is blowing. <laughs> That's why I sit very still. It's the reason he doesn't move. <laughs> That's right. I don't. I don't exercise. I don't. I don't have time for it. He does one sit up a day. <laughs> I sit up out of bed. That's right. He sits up out of bed. That's half. <laughs> I finish it when I go to bed. <laughs> but he's good at pull ups at dinner time. I can pull myself right on up to the table. Yes, I can. Get those arm curls. One. <laughs> Two. Oh, we got another stack coming. What? I prefer to call Hold them six-inch <laughs> six <inch> curls. <laughs> and well, there's also the stretch from the remote. Don't, don't forget that. Oh, I know. Got to do that DDPY. <laughs> stretch. Uh, so we go from the Casino Battle Royale. Lance Archer wins. Gets the title shot against Mox, too. Um, the second time in the night where I start having a lot of questions. This is the broken rules match between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. If Matt Hardy was to lose this matchup, he was to leave All Elite Wrestling. Now, to the best of my knowledge, I thought it was a loser leaves AEW match, but I guess it was just Matt Hardy. Yeah, just Matt. Okay, so... Uh, okay, so the match starts off where Hardy is in the middle of the football stadium, which I thought was actually pretty funny, um, looking for Sammy. Sammy, of course, pulls up on the golf, the golf cart, and uh, we get a, a quick reminder of how Sammy ate the golf cart the last time he saw one. So this time he chases down Matt Hardy, and Matt deftly sidesteps him. <laughs> which looked awful, but whatever. Sidesteps the cart, and Sammy goes through a bunch of cardboard boxes and has basically a major car accident right there in the middle of the arena. Um, They start to brawl. He hits a DDT on the picnic table, a metal picnic table that just looked nasty as hell. Then they fight their way up to the scaffold, and this is where it all goes south, literally. So they get to the top of the scaffold and they go through what was it a power bomb or no, it was more like a, oh a side effect yeah something yeah so they both come off and the landing is just nasty very very nasty Guevara lands fine for the most part but Hardy lands where his shoulders and his head smack into the concrete and man it was. Uh, it was difficult to watch. Aubrey Edwards is on the spot right away, checking his hand, and Hardy's not moving. He ain't saying yeah. nothing. So, I, if you go back and watch this, 
I'm almost 100% positive that when she goes to check on Matt, she throws up the X. Yes, yeah, right away. Like, automatic, but you, you barely see it in camera. Yeah, there, she, there, she... I mean, it's really almost cool. immediate she throws it up, but you if you don't know what she's doing, you probably miss it. Well, and, and for those that are like, well, how did she know he wasn't okay? And, and this is where you have to pay attention to what the referee does during a match. The referee reaches down and grabs the hand of the competitor that's on the ground, right? The one they're checking on. And that competitor at that time is supposed to basically grip their hand. Hey, I'm okay. You know, I'm, I'm ready to keep going. Hardy doesn't move his fingers. He doesn't move at all. As soon as that happens, boom, she throws the X up. And the camera does actually slide away. You don't see full on. Yeah. She's got the X thrown up. So Sammy is doing his best to kind of kill time. And, and I give him credit because he's trying to, all right, what's happening? You know, he's trying to assess the situation. Matt Hardy doesn't come to right away. It was, I mean, it seemed like forever, but it, it had to be a good 20 seconds. Oh, I'd say probably longer than that. I think it was probably close to a minute. You think he was out and, for a minute? Oh, I, I, I think <clears throat> you probably. I mean, the whole thing from like start to where he gets up to stumble. Yeah, I think it's a minute. I think he is. He is clearly out. Yeah, for quite a while, and she throws up the X. I think maybe two more times. Yeah, yeah, because she's trying to get Doc Sampson to come out there and check him out. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. At first, the immediate throwing of the X, I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to do an injury angle. Because at first, they show, they didn't show the replay until until after the doctor is there. But at first, I'm like, man, maybe he didn't hit. Maybe it was just his back and it knocked the wind out of him. Maybe this is supposed to be what's going on. Like, I, I, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. And then the longer it goes, I'm like, no, this, this isn't right. So the doctor gets there. Sammy is basically... Basically, Sammy Guevara gets escorted away so they can get uh, Matt Hardy checked out. Well, Matt comes to, and all of a sudden, Matt is doing the the broken gimmick. Where are you, Sammy? Where are you? You know, he's screaming for him, but you can tell clearly that he has no idea where the hell he is. Um, yeah, but you, you got to back up some to where he... Because there's still a little a little interaction before that part happens where he, uh, I think Sammy tries to pick him up first. Right. And he can't, I mean, he can't stand or walk. Mm-hmm. And then I think Matt tries to pick Sammy up. Right. And he can't he's get almost him like, yeah, he, he's almost like duck walking and he can't even do that. Right. Yeah. Where are you, Senor Benjamin? <laughs> I mean, it was so, Matt Hardy was dead stick. Pretty much, like he just yeah. wasn't in control. Um, and Going the defi- after you rated our superstar. <laughs> <laughs> the definition of concussion, by the way, is any time that you get rattled enough to where you either lose consciousness or are unable to basically move. That's the definition of being concussed. So, did you, did you see their statement today, though? Yeah, and that made me really sick. I'm not gonna lie; that really irritates me. Now, look, let's be clear. I am not calling for anybody to be like, oh, AEW's got to go, because that's just stupid. You know, we need AEW to be around. We want them to succeed. Did they make a shitty call? Absolutely. But I I think this is something they learned from. So let's get to it. 
the, the... Yeah, but so, go ahead. I, I'm gonna give my opinion on this. What you're saying is a shitty call, and then so this is where remember the debate we I talked about, right? So we'll, we'll this is one that I think we'll have a little debate. We'll we'll see like di- various differences possibly of opinion on this. Okay. And it may change the way you think, and it may change the way I think. But but finish finish uh, so what you were saying. Yeah. So what happens here is we get so Matt Hardy is clearly out of it. He has no concept of what he's doing or where he's at. They get him. They get Sammy escorted away, and Doc Sampson's there. And, and essentially, we cut back to the broadcasters, and they're like, "Yeah, you got to do what's right. Got to take care of Matt. He's a dad. He's got kids. You know, we, these guys want to be able to fight another day." And they just assume it's done. Well, they stick with Matt Hardy, which this is where I started having questions if this was a storyline after all, right? Because they stick with Matt Hardy like this whole time. They're just watching him. And all of a sudden, there's some interaction between him and the ref and him and the doctor. And then the next thing you know, the fight's back on. Like, (laughs) Sammy comes out of the wherever he was hiding or stashed, and they're brawling again. Well, it it becomes apparent very quickly that Matt Hardy is still not really there because he's just not really moving so hot. But he's moving enough to get them to the scaffold spot, which ultimately ends the matchup. And this is where um, Matt and Sammy climb up the scaffolding on the side of the entrance ramp. And essentially, Hardy punches him two or three times. Down goes Sammy Guevara through the, through the stage. Can't, can't get up. Can't get up to the answer the 10 count. Match is done. Matt Hardy wins. Well, on its face, I mean, hey, Matt Hardy maybe was okay, right? Maybe that's what what people thought. Matt Hardy's okay, and we're going to go ahead and just let him finish up. But here's the problem. We live in a day and age now where, you know, concussions are super, super serious, and we've already know about the obvious stuff, like, and, you know, Chris Benoit and all these other guys that have had serious-related concussion issues. Not that I think Matt Hardy's that bad off, because I don't. But the question becomes, why would you even send him back up? What would have happened... If Matt Hardy in that in that state was not able to climb, or if Matt Hardy fell, only falls backwards, you know he could have gotten himself hurt or killed. Same thing for Sammy. It's just it's just a mess, and I, I think they should have just left it as a no contest. I think it was a stupid move, a shitty decision, and I think that they're going to have to learn from it. Okay, all right. So we'll debate two topics, and we'll start with the Matt Hardy one first. Okay. All right. So if you go back and watch, right? Sammy walks off. Right. Right. And when they cut to Sammy, where he walks to is so close to the proximity of Matt that you could probably have still have spit and Sammy could have hit Matt. Right. Right. So I want you to think about this, right? Right. Your Matt party. You've been in this business for how long? Um, forever. Right? You have had many injuries throughout the, the course of your career. And what's the one thing that you're always told? The show must go on. Mm-hmm. Right? 
I mean, we can look at Triple H who, who tore, what, two quads in one match and still got up. You can look at Mick Foley who had a tooth sticking out his nose and still got up. And Matt, I will lay money in whatever Matt brain was functioning, Matt was not going to stop. They, he was. He could see Sammy. He knew where Sammy was. He probably didn't even realize it happened, right? Because that's one thing about concussions. You can lose track of time. Mm-hmm. So Matt, in his mind, could have been like, oh, I don't remember the last three minutes. I just remember Sammy trying to run me over with the, you know, with the, the cart. And that's in his mind, that's where he's at in the match. Right? And now, if Matt starts to move fast enough to where nobody can stop Matt, and Sam, I think Sammy goes into a room and comes out, and about the time he comes out, here's Matt. Mm-hmm. And Matt immediately jumps on Sammy. Right? Because Sammy, I don't think Sammy hit Matt. I think Matt got Sammy. Well, once they see them, once the like the bellkeeper sees them come from the back, very easily could have rung the bell. Like, oh, crap. somebody's bell was wrong. Yeah, that bell rang a lot that night. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, again, Matt's probably not thinking clearly, but he's thinking enough to follow Sammy down to. Uh, um, the the what you call it, and Sammy's smart enough to know. Well, I'm going to fall off this thing, and I'm not getting up. Mm-hmm. And it may not have had anything to do with Tony Khan or anybody in AEW, other than the fact that there weren't enough people to stop Matt from from jumping on Sammy, because Matt clearly was focused enough to see where Sammy went, followed him. And it just so happened they connected at the right time in the right place. And that's why the announcers were confused because I'm pretty sure they were like, uh, this is over. And then when every, when it kicks off again, they're like, oh, we got a match. Well, well, again, you're talking about professionals who are told certain things. And if you don't stop that one boulder of Matt Hardy rolling down the hill, it's all going to snowball. Mm-hmm. But if, if nobody gets to Matt fast enough to stop him, and Matt doesn't realize that he was knocked out for three, you know, two, three minutes, Matt still thinks he's in a wrestling match. Because I'm telling you, concussions and, you know, stuff like that, you can lose track of time. And, you know, there's, there's like, um, you ever seen anybody go into, uh, like, diabetic issues? Uh, yeah, many times. All right. So you ever seen one that when you give them, um, you know, like the insulin, they want to fight? They, I mean, they could have been literally, like, comatose. And as soon as they get enough sugar to where they pop out of it, they're ready to get up and fight. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, I mean, this could be that type of case. And nobody, you know, they thought, well, Sammy's gone. And the next thing you know, 
Matt Hardy being Matt Hardy is like, I'm still going to fight. I'm going to wrestle. I don't, I don't know I got knocked out. So, I mean, it may not necessarily all have been AEW officials' fault. It could, I mean, it could have been a, a mistake on a lot of different parts to include, you know, whoever probably should have stopped Matt Hardy in the back. So I got, I got two schools of thought on this. First off, I think in this day and age, a doctor and a referee, if you think he's that screwed up, you don't let him go, much less walk away. Yeah, that's not necessarily true, right? You're not necessarily going to keep – because you don't realize what he's doing, right? And trust me, I work in a profession where you have to try and outthink the next guy, and sometimes you don't outthink that person. And in a moment's notice, you may have hold of that person, and next thing you know, they're they're a hundred yards down the road, and you're like, "Whoa, what just happened?" Mm-hmm. Am I right, Rob? Yep. I mean, it it's not about me putting a death grip on Matt Hardy. It's about me holding Matt Hardy, and and as soon as I let go, because maybe he pulls away. Maybe he steps forward to do that whole delete thing. Oh, okay. And then you're thinking, okay, well, this is over. And then next thing you know, he's 100 yards down the road. And you're like, what What the hell just happened? Well, then why wouldn't they have stopped him when he gets to the scaffold or the, the part of the stage? Like, that's the other part. Like, you could, you can't tell me you couldn't have caught up to him there. There. Again, this is you have to look at this. This is not like. We're in, this is a completely moving thing, right? It's moving, and it's moving fast. Now, as Matt is, is moving, the concussion is going gonna, is gonna to clear up, and he's going to start, oh, I'm in a match or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And again, where am I going to get these people if everybody's out of position to begin with? Right, right. Oh, yeah, you're definitely having to scramble to get anybody to react outside of maybe Aubrey, cameraman, and the doctor. Because you, it's not exactly like your broadcasters can hop up from the booth. I, I got you there. Right, and, and again, if you look at the way this transpires, right? Now, again, I, who knows if they quickly told Sammy to do something in the back when, when he goes in the room, right? Who knows? But, at, I mean, this has moved very quickly. Like, up the ramp, down the ramp, up the, up the thing, and then we're off. And what do you want? Do you want people to try and go up the scaffold after him? I mean, I think he should have never gotten to the scaffold in the first place. It doesn't matter because it happened, but he should have never been sure. able to get there. Sure. Again, however, not all the time are you able to stop something like that that's what you have to understand where did i say i didn't understand that huh where did i say i didn't understand that i I understand yes but the problem is you're like well matt should have been stopped to begin with and i'm telling you i'm in a profession where i have had hold of people who i have thought were incapacitated and next thing you know it's a foot race and we're a hundred yards down the road and I'm sucking wind trying to catch this person. Mm-hmm. It, it is not as cut and dry as, Oh, the ref had a hold of him 
and should have had should have kept hold of him. I feel like it just should have been handled better. I mean, I don't. I, you can tell me this all day long, and I I understand what you're saying, but this is a situation where, thank God, it didn't go any worse than it did. But it really could have, and it really could have happened quicker. You're right; it happened really fast. I mean, if you really think about it, for us, it seems like an eternity because we're watching, right? We're we're like, what the hell's happening? But for them, it's all right. Somebody go get Matt. Somebody go get Sammy. Somebody go get a ref. Somebody go get do. do I mean, there's a lot of different moving parts. I absolutely agree. And if you're dumb enough, it, you know, standing there with Matt, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm good," and they're like, "Okay, cool, Matt's okay," so you take a back step. You know, you don't necessarily have to let go, but you take a back step thinking he's cool, and you're right. He snatches out of your grasp. you still got to try to catch him. It's not exactly a guarantee you're going to catch him either. But how do we know they didn't? What do you mean? And, and, and again, you have to factor in, well, what happens when I snag Matt from behind? Well, that's true also, you know, because he could turn around and lock you right in the head. Sure. Because if mean, he doesn't know where he's at, he doesn't know who's hitting him. Right. I I think as he moves up that ramp, again, he still thinks he is in a, in a match. Yeah, yeah but with you, who? <laughs> he does not know he got knocked out. I think I think he thought he was in a match with Edge. Where the hell's Lita? Really? B one, baby. <laughs> I mean, he had no idea where the hell he was at. Now, here's here's the thing. Okay, now all of this I've said, and I do feel strongly that they could have, they should have stopped them. I don't know that they really could have. I mean, I'm not there. So what happened? You're probably right. It happened so quick, and it just got to a point where probably Sammy made a move, and they're like, all right, we're going to end this one way or the other. And so well, they, here, they ended it as safely as they could, I guess. Let, let's look at like a UFC match or a boxing match, right? So how many times have you seen somebody get knocked out and next thing you know they're popping back up and the fight's over and they're ready to go another round? Oh, sure, sure. It happens all the time. It happens with yeah. concussions all the time. But that but doesn't I mean it, it's like not the smart move to go back after him and try to stop him. Sure, but, but I mean, what I'm saying is, I mean, why do we, like, put so much emphasis on this in this or this type of arena, where in other arenas uh, we're not, we don't even pay attention. We know it's a dangerous sport. There is nothing that is not dangerous about this. Doesn't mean you still go and not do anything about it. That that's what I'm saying. Like there's there should have been, especially because Tony Khan plays it off like, oh yeah, we did this, we did this, when it was apparent that nothing was really done except he just. I think you're right. I think, honestly, I think Matt was like, yeah, I'm good, slips out of grasp, and he's he's out there. So somebody in that room is like, okay, Sammy, whatever happens here with Matt, you make sure it goes to a finish as soon as possible. I'm almost positive you're right on that. I have no reason to doubt yeah. that. Because, I mean, and that's quite possible because in, so unless there is, like, more footage of the gap, like, you know, this one segment was pre-taped or something, Ooh. You see what I'm saying? Interesting you mentioned that. Keep going. And, and and they pick it up from that ramp because the cut to the ramp is a little is a little weird. It was a but, little wonky, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean it's like it's a quick one, like there there might have been something else. Mm-hmm. So who knows, maybe I, I don't who knows, right? And they may not tell us. But again, 
I mean, you, you're talking a guy that 20 years in, and we have seen throughout the years certain guys will have an injury that everybody else would be like, oh, I, I, I'd never. There's no way I could do that. I mean, I'd like Triple H, again, I'd take Triple H. If I blew both my quads, I'm probably not even getting up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. I'm probably like, oh, somebody get the ambulance now. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, we're, we're I'm throwing the X out. Call <laughs> it. And, but, and I'm sure if you go back and watch, there are plenty of matches where people get concussed mm-hmm. and they finish it. And we may have realized at the time and through the course of, you know, all these other stuff, you forget. But again, I'm sure I'm Mick Foley. I bet you if you go back and watch his matches, you probably see his little butt. Yeah. How many times? Well, and that's just it. Like, if you really consider over the course of history where this has happened and where it hasn't, like in the NFL, if you get a concussion, you're benched. You're done. They take you out, and typically you're out until you can pass uh, protocols within the next two weeks. Uh, NBA, I don't know what their protocol is. Major League Baseball is the same way as the NFL. Um, NHL, I believe, has the same protocol. So they're in place in pro sports because of what we know now due to modern medicine, not because of what we knew back in the 90s. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of guys that have toughed it out, and and you name quite a few of them. There's the other thing, and you mentioned it, and I'm glad that you did because this is what I thought. So during being the elite for the past, what, four weeks, ever since the chair shot, um, Matt Hardy has been slipping in and out of character. Mm -hmm. Now hear me out. What if Matt Hardy the entire time – was cognizant and purposely didn't respond to their requests. What if Matt Hardy, it's unlikely, okay, but what if Matt Hardy, his full intention was to go from, you know, Matt Hardy will not die to broken Matt Hardy mid-match? We've seen him do it multiple times. We've seen him go from gimmick to gimmick. And what if nobody clued in the ref, which is why they let him finish the match? Well, the only the only issue I would see is the walking. Because mm-hmm. uh, to me, I I mean, again, these these guys are you know part sportsmen, part actors. You know, you name it, they're they're a whole lot better than the rest of us are at doing what they do. And maybe, just maybe, he could have pulled off that walking. But I seriously don't think so. I mean, I literally think he was. I mean, I, I again, I think once he wakes up, or, or you know, once he starts moving, and I, I don't know how you do it, but apparently they can do it, you know, and still realize you're in a match. Mm-hmm. His body hasn't fully recovered yet. It is the way it looks to me. Right, right. With the, with the way he was walking, yeah, you said I think you called it like a duck step. I agree with you, but here's the thing. You said it yourself. Matt Hardy's been in this business for a long, long time, and Matt Hardy has mastered the art of switching from gimmick to gimmick. Now, I'm, 
it is a stretch and a half, and I'm willing to throw that out there and say that I'm probably wrong, and, that, and that's fine. But the more I thought about it, I watched that 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 tumble that they took, and I'm like, damn, you know, he kind of does hit his head, but he kind of doesn't. I don't know. Maybe he just had the wind knocked out of him. And then when I when I realized that he's standing, and they're talking to him, and and it's like, you know, the camera stayed on him pretty well the entire time. Right. And I'm like, in most situations, in an injury situation, the camera cuts away, and we're immediately thrust to another thing. But mm-hmm. granted, that's how WWE handles their injuries, right? If there's a legit injury in the ring, typically we're backstage or we're on the announcers. They get the people out of the ring. And we're on to the next story. AEW maybe yeah, but, just doesn't do it that way. Yeah, but so I, you also know by watching the way some of these matches go. Yeah. I mean, you can almost tell that when they start backstage and they supposedly come to the, to the, to the, to the, uh, the mat in the arena. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can almost tell that some of those segments are filmed prior to. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you that there was some, there's room for a lot of, well, I guess we can just call it conspiracy theory at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is possible that no. that's what happened. Here. <laughs> Not in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that's what happened here. That that segment was filmed prior to where it was placed in the show. That they did stop it. And he eventually said, I'm okay. So they said, well, let's pick it up from here. Because well, even even the ramp, mm-hmm. right? It, you know, if you've been to arenas and stadiums, the ramp doesn't quite like line up to where they are. And I mean, Matt literally is right on his heels from a standing position, just being concussed. Right. Right. Oh, he was, he was out of it. At least he let us think he was out of it. He was so out of it that his wife, Rebby sky was like, just going ballistic on Twitter. Um, telling us that, you know, everybody at AEW should be ashamed of themselves you know, it was a horrible move to make. Oh, geez. So there is there is a meme going around Twitter right now. I'm looking at it right now where it's a weekend at Bernie's poster. However, the faces have been shifted. Tony Khan on the left, Doc Sampson on the right. And, and Brian, you want to guess whose face is on, the, on Bernie? <laughs> That'd be Matt. <laughs> yep. And the tweet says, he's totally fine, guys. <sighs> and and I will say too I will say too that and again as I'm watching this these are these are thoughts I had cuz I mean I kind of agree that that match should have ended yeah but then again like I said when it shifts to the ramp right and it it it, it did not seem right to me and then when Matt comes charging up it pretty fast it didn't seem right to me and then at the very end when it shows Matt holding on to the scaffold, mm-hmm. he doesn't look the same as the last time you saw a close-up. I mean, because when he does that final delete before he gets Sammy again, yeah, you can tell he still looks like he's in La La Land. But when he's on that scaffold, to me, he doesn't look 
that bad. Right, right. So, well, and this is this is where I I have think that they there might have been a break, and AEW's not going to tell you that, mm-hmm. and that that's why they say, well, Matt said he was okay, right? Because they probably they might have checked him out, and just like any other backstage segment. That was because we do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at our backstage segments. We might have them filmed at twelve thirty in the in the afternoon. Right, right. And you know, not say that that happened that early, but that could have happened a half hour before the ending there. And you know, if Tony Khan and them come out and say anything now, it's going to look like, oh yeah, you're just saying that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that's what we're looking at right now. There's not an answer that Tony can give right now that is going to satisfy all people. Like, those those that are firmly in the camp of AEW did everything they could, and clearly Matt is okay, are going to be like, he shouldn't have to answer that question, right? And then you're going to have those that are anti-AEW, which I don't understand why. Why would you not want another company out there? Are going to be like, oh, he's lying. You know, here's a billionaire, right? The guy's a part owner of the right. Jags that's going to lie. No, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I don't think Tony Khan went into that with any kind of malice. I think he did what he thought was right, and yeah. and I, I think he'll learn from it. I think if this happens again, they'll pull the plug on it and be done. But you know, this is a learning experience. This is not a close them up kind of moment. Yeah, and and again, it, you know, I I think there's something hanky with, with the 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 camera. When he, when Sammy walks up that little ramp and goes in the room, uh, it just does. It yeah. seems out of place. And you thought and we were going to be seems fighting. Like it's picked up like later. Rob, he thought so. we were going to be fighting. Oh yeah. Sorry, I I had a feeling you and I would be closer to the same page than you thought. But I knew it was well, going to no, be yeah, that but, debate part. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, again, I I don't. I think more went on than we're being told. Oh, I agree. I agree. Something else behind the scenes happened. I agree. Right. And I think Matt being Matt, just like a lot of other guys, <laughs> quite possibly continue that match, you know, and it happened so fast nobody could react to it. Right. Right. If that's the way it really went down. I don't think so. I think there was a break, but... So, so All right, moving on. Yeah, good news is Matt Hardy is, as far as we know, okay. Um, so that's good. We're glad to hear that. Now we go from this is this show was kind of a tale of two pay per views. The first half of this pay per view, like Brian and I discussed, um, rushed, very out of sync. Folks just weren't really on the same page. Uh, even even the the parts of w- before Matt was hurt, I just to me it felt like it was a little out of sync. So someone clearly backstage had to pull the rest of them together and say, hey, look, guys, we need to relax. Let's do what we came here to do, and let's go out there and do business. Because starting from the AEW women's title match through the rest of the night, I was firmly in favor of this show. I mean, these guys, these women, these ladies really, really had a great matchup, and I was so... So proud of both ladies because, damn, you know, if you weren't a believer in Sheeta before, 
Well, now you are. At least you better be. And if you're a fan of Thunder Rosa, then hold your head up high because she had a hell of a showing too. I was really surprised that we had a clean finish to this, though. Really, really yes. surprised. Um, yes. But it it was actually it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. You could tell that the heat got to the ladies towards the end of the match. But damn, they they persevered. They showed everybody else this is how you do it. Yeah. So I. I think once again the heat did get them because there seemed to be like a little a little lull period. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But once they picked it back up again, um, I thought it was a great match, especially yeah. between you know you don't get to see champion versus champion matches all that often. Uh, I would imagine this might be my first uh, women's champion versus women's champion match that I can think of. Um, Like from two competing companies, not from two different brands. Um, And again, just, and I think I talked about it Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I was expecting a hokey finish. Yeah. Because in, in the 80s, that's what, that's what they did. <laughs> champion versus champion turned into hokey finishes. Double disqualifications, double count out. So no champion, you know, looked better than the other one. And I was quite surprised she, she pulled it off clean. I mean, I was thinking Nyla Rose, you know, all types of things, but she did it. Well, especially because Nyla was ringside. Yeah. I mean, I think this makes her look, I mean, to me right now, she just got to be the number one women's champion in the world Mm -hmm. for just beating Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Yeah. Having the uh, showing she did last night puts puts her in very rarefied air. Um, And this isn't just this year. This is, um, Brian, you help me out here, past six years, past seven maybe? What, as a female? Top, top champion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, she's got an incredible record. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I mean, she brings it every match. I, you normally don't have any, I mean, anything to say about Sheeta's matches. Um, and then, again, when you're expecting... Um, you know, Thunder Rosa to maybe get the better of her, you know, um, she pulls it off and she does it convincingly. She does it cleanly. Um, you know, she, you can tell both, both of them are just exhausted, uh, with some of the moves they tried to pull off and couldn't pull off. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Thunder Rosa. Uh, I've seen her on the NWA. She is phenomenal phenomenal and i'd love to see maybe a best of three series on them Oof. i'm in favor i vote for this i volunteer as tribute what do i gotta do to get this match to happen <laughs> and you know there was there once she won when she to won i was i was expecting and i don't know how i forgot that it wasn't like title for title but I was expecting her to be crowned NWA champion. That would have yeah, been I got, awesome. I got that caught up in it. Yeah. That I literally forgot 
that only uh, Rosa would have. I think Rosa would have become AEW champion. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess it would only been one title up. And let me tell you what the uh, NWA uh, Women's Championship belt. That little picture in the middle. Isn't that cool? Yes, because it has a 3D effect. Yeah, I thought it was a doll head at first. And I was like, wait, no, that's a picture. Damn. Yeah, that was a very cool title. Really sharp. Really great matchup. And these two ladies helped bring the crowd into it, got people off of their hands. And uh, we had had an exciting matchup all the way around. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Mm -hmm. Rob, did you have any thoughts on the women's title match? No, same as y'all. So the the next segment we had here actually, and I, I usually don't give a shit about Kip Sabian. Sorry. Penelope Ford is cute and all, but I, whatever. Um, but this segment made me laugh, and this this will stick with me for a while because how topical is AEW's writing team? Oh, my God. How on point are these guys? Because this segment, you know, Kip Sabian's talking about how him and Penelope Ford are getting married, and he's got to pick a, a best man, and they're like, eh, whatever. And then he pulls the card, the cue card, that plugs his Twitch channel and says, advertisement approved by All Elite Wrestling, and even does that stupid smile, and then the ding. I yeah, but like, I did, what did he say leading into the card? Because he said something smart um, like before he displayed the card, if I remember right. Uh, so he was talking about unveiling the best man this coming Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, um, and then he just holds up the sign, plugging his what? Twitch channel. Yeah, but I thought he said something about being a, being or posting something on social media or something. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. He yeah. knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, and I'm going to make sure that it's all over social media. I want to make absolutely yeah. sure that everybody sees it." And it was just a, uh, it was just so topical and funny and. Again, it was uh, a moment that got fans to kind of relax a little bit and laugh a little bit. So if you're watching at home, maybe if you're still pissed about Matt Hardy at that point, then you kind of relax and, you know, enjoy it. You know, get off of your butt a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, it was it was well done. It was it was timed right. It was a good point point of the show. Next up, Sonny Chase's favorite match, the Dark Order was ready. Willing and able in an eight-man tag match that was really, really good. Natural Nightmares, Matt Cardona, and Scorpio Sky end up defeating the Dark Order. Colt Cabana doesn't get the job done, and it looks like Colt's on his way out of the Dark Order. I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's some setup or something. Because, you know, Colt's really the only one that's maintained like his persona because even Anna J when is she like 99 now or something like that uh is she is she number 99 (laughs) yeah I think she's like 99 or something wow um but Colt they you know there's no number to him it's it's Colt Cabana um so I I think I think it'll probably be one of these you know he gets ripped apart but then, you know, of course, what does the Dark Order do? They tear you down to build you back up. Right. And, you know, so they'll, you'll find Colt, like, he'll get kicked out of the Dark Order, and next thing you know, he's drinking milk on, you know, 
on the stairs or something and you know the the little creepy blonde dude will be like ah oh, come to the meeting we'll, you know <laughs> and then he'll buy completely into the dark order so i really was expecting evil uno to uh knock him out right yeah. at the end like he's like ah oh, it's going to be okay and he's trying to comfort him and help him walk up the ramp i'm like ah oh, he's going down this is over cold's done yeah damn it didn't happen yeah, see that that's 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 almost what makes me think that this is going to be one of these where he hasn't like officially joined, right? But now there's a, a little storyline with Colt to where by the time it's done, Colt will have joined the whole time. Yeah. So this matchup itself, like I said, the eight man tag was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, but the build up at the end of the promo by Dustin Rhodes. If you didn't know that Dustin Rhodes still has a lot left in his tank, um, damn. The promo he cuts where he talks about getting the job done and doing the damn thing against the Dark Order and then finding out that he's got a TNT title shot against Brody Lee this week. I want to see this matchup. I think it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I, 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 I think... If they're smart, they let that be the main event. And end the show with it. Do you pull the trigger and put the belt on Dustin tonight or Wednesday night? No. Mm-mm. No. It ain't go- it should not go anywhere for some time. I say they run to the time limit and it's a it ends that way. It ends with the old fashioned We gotta go. We haven't seen that yet, so that would actually be new. Again. <laughs> New again. <laughs> Damn it, wrestling has beaten us up so bad. We are so jaded. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. that would be kind of cool. I-, I could get behind that. Yeah, I-, I mean, I don't think it should go like Cody. I think there should be a good wrestling match. But even like what Rob said, it would be something to where you'd be like, oh, crap, I can't wait for next Wednesday. Right. Well, in that way... If, you know, Dustin takes him to the limit, then Dustin technically, you know, didn't lose. Did he lose? Did he not? So down the road, they could pull that out if they need to. Like, who's the person who didn't actually? Who Who's the one person while he had the title that Brody Lee didn't actually beat? You know? <laughs> I would be okay with that. I want to see Dustin get a title run, whether it's TNT or, or even the heavyweight title, which... Honest to God would be awesome. Because um, he's never been a world champion before, has he? No. No. Oh, no. Man. Not that I'm aware of. I'm all in for that. I'm, I'm up for that. That sounds like that would be great. Okay. Tag team championship matchup. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page against FTR. Um, so by this part of the night, you could tell that these guys were sweating fast. So you got started to get a real hint that something was going on as far as the the, the weather there. Um, but these guys really, even though they were exhausted, they kept moving at a really high pace pretty much the entire match. Um, Brian, do you have any idea how long this match was? No, because, again, I, I I fell asleep. You know, I I had to get up at 4.50 in the morning and Oof. 
So I, I knew, in my mind, I knew I could get away with watching Moxley the next day. I really wanted to see how this uh, tag team match played out, but it didn't work out the way, the way I was expecting. But it was long. I, I mean, it was pretty long. I want to uh, say it went maybe 40 minutes. Yeah, I, that's probably about right because, I mean – and the the problem is you didn't really like realize how how long it was because mm-hmm. I mean I I think I looked at the clock when it started and it was like maybe ten twenty ten fifteen ten ten somewhere in there mm-hmm. you know probably within those ten minutes and I'm like okay eh, twenty minutes you know I'll get to see this before I fall asleep and I think next thing you know it's after eleven. You're like, whoa, I got it, you know. Yeah. This is nuts. So the amount of high spots in this tag title match was ridiculous. Um, the psychology in this matchup was great. FTR epitomizes what it means to be a good tag team, period. Maybe the best in the modern era right now. Um and this goes without saying, I mean, they know how to isolate the ring. They know how to make a hot tag matter. They know how to, you know, keep your interest peaked just enough and to make you think maybe the ending is coming just to pull you back in and make you realize, oh, wow, there's still a lot more to go. Um, so does Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. I mean, this is not to put them down. Kenny Omega is not called the best bout machine for nothing. And this guy just really had a great, great showing. I will say this. I'm getting tired of, of finisher, finisher-like maneuvers getting kicked out of. You know, near falls are great, but you can spread them out. There's no need for, oh, my God, he hit a V-trigger. He kicks out at two. Stop it. That's the finish. Or the one-winged Every angel. Match. Yes. Every week. Yeah. It gets old. Times. The uh the dual, The double headbutts. From the FTR hitting like the British Bulldogs kind of thing, and then the Steiner Bulldog, both of those were great. They looked amazing. Uh, so Brian, if you missed that, you definitely want to catch that. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, I was asleep. I definitely missed both. What irritated me about this match was small potatoes. Did you say but, irritated or irritated? Gurgitated? No, uh, irritated me about this match was. Um, Going for and hitting the V-trigger just randomly, um, I guess it's supposed to be an out-of-nowhere move. Maybe I'm just yeah. not always that familiar with Kenny, but, like, damn. <laughs> that should be it. <laughs> you hit the, the um, V-trigger, you should be dead. Done. So, the V-trigger, think of it like the RKO. Right. Right? So, the RKO is supposed to, you know, what did I even say? It can come out of nowhere. Right, right. Right. Well, it's it's kind of the same principle. It's one of these moves that you 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 don't know when it's coming, mm-hmm. and it has the ability to to turn the tide of the match. Um. But you know, again, the the way they set it up, you know, normally you get a V trigger and then the one winged angel. But in the bigger matches, you normally get multiple V triggers, right? Because normally that that ultimately sets up uh, the one we named, where you may have five or six V triggers, and basically what he's trying to do is literally just 
put you in the dirt. So there's absolutely no way that you get out of the one wing danger. Right. Right. That, that, that's why he does multiple ones. It's, you know, cause even, even like Okada, I mean, he would hit them like sometimes back to back to back. I mean, he might hit five in a row and then, you know, if, if, as far as like psychology goes, you know, if you're in the crowd and then he goes to hit the one winged angel and, you know, you're an Okada fan and he kicks out, I mean, you're just like a static. Your heart is just jumped through your throat mm-hmm. because you thought it was over. So, I mean, it's more of a setup than anything else. I, I wouldn't call it like a finisher. I think it's more of a setup to the finisher. So there was that part, and then they, the – what do they call it? The buckshot V-trigger. It's uh, the last call. I think it's what they call it. Mm-hmm. So the end of this matchup comes basically when the last call gets botched. So the first time – they went for it a couple of different times, but the last time they go for it, um, one member of FTR grabs a leg, so Omega gets distracted for a second, kicks him off, does the uh, – runs for the V-trigger, but – one of the members that was being held for the for it ducks and he nails the uh, V trigger in Kenny uh, in Adam Page's face, just knocks him flat out. So FDR dispatches with Omega, throws him out of the ring. They hit one spike pile driver. Adam Page kicks out at two and a half. Big big mistake. I, I hated that. Let it be the end, right? Well, instead, instead they, they I think they just went with kind of a, a New Japan kind of finish. They went ahead and did another one, and this ends the matchup. New tag team champions, FTR, and like I said, great match. But this is where I really was surprised because I did not see the next piece coming. Now, Brian, you and I have been going back and forth about predictions where Mm -hmm. Paige or Omega was going to go. Well, neither one of them went the direction we thought. Well, no, so that's not true. Let play it out all the way and and then we'll talk about it. And and we'll maybe change our predictions a little bit. You see what I'm saying? So Paige Paige is out in the middle of the ring. Omega is con- contemplating waffling him with what looked like the timekeeper table with the ring bell used to sit. Mm-hmm. So he's holding on to it and he's kind of pacing and he's thinking about it and he's thinking about it. Ultimately, he throws it down and he says, nah, I'm not going to do it. So Paige at this point is up on his feet and it looks like um, Hangman is, is going to get to Omega to shake his hand or to hug and Omega takes a back step, plop, down goes Hangman face first into the mat and Omega leaves the ring, storms out. As he's storming out, he goes to the backstage area. There's the Bucks. They're like, hey, man, what what? What's going on? Let's talk about this. It's okay. We can figure this out. Omega heads to his uh, his his car to leave, and it says, uh, are you coming with me or not? You know what? Think about it. Think about it now. Let me know. You're either with me or you're not. Like, he gives them an ultimatum right there at the car. They don't get in the and car. they don't go. Nope. They don't yep. get in the car. Omega rides off, and the Bucks are just standing there. So now we've got the pages out of the Elite. Omega is like, you're either with me or against me, and that's how they leave it. A freaking cliffhanger. Now, damn it! (laughs) 
I want some satisfaction. <laughs> I want a finish to this feud. <laughs> and I'm going to get it. <laughs> All right. So, so my opinion on, on Paige still hasn't changed. Right. I think we touched on it Wednesday. I think I've touched on it in the chat. Mm-hmm. I think Paige is set up for a major face run. And I have to agree after this showing, yeah. Right, because I think that's where they originally intended him to go, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. That's where that's the path he was headed. Next thing you know, he's in a tag team. I think the time is right. They're going to start pushing them back down there because they're going to they're going to start. You know, everybody's been screaming for the big stars. Where's Omega? Where's Paige? Where's Cody? Well, now you're about to get everything you've ever wished for. Right, right. So, Adam Page is about to become a huge major face in this industry, right? And and the handshake, I think, is clearly showing you what side he's on, mm-hmm. right? Because bad guys normally don't go shake your hand. They do, but normally they're curling the mustache, right? <laughs> yeah, so I think what's going to happen is when he got kicked out of the elite, you're going to find out why I gave up alcohol. Right? I'm back down the path that was designed for me. Because remember when he first started, he wasn't, he, he was a drinker, but he wasn't a big drinker. Right, right. Like they have, right? So I think he's going to get off, get off the, a lot of the juice. He's going back down the face path. Now let's take Omega. So you've seen this turn coming, and they've been dragging it out. But I think when he looks at the box, you're either with me or you're not. You know, God help you if you're not. I think it's setting up a very subtle heel turn that he's been playing up on being the elite and, you know, trying to beat up Marco's stunt. And what was it, two weeks ago, I think he went went a little far when he teamed with the Young Bucks. Mm Mm-hmm. Joe, I think you're just going to, in the next week or two, you're going to get, you know, something very close to the cleaner. And, again, I can see him going with Tully and and a true heel faction being formed to where they just run over everybody. I think we're still going to see a faction, but I don't think Omega's going to be part of it. I think they're trying to have Omega just be by himself. Yeah, but see, the, the Omega, I think, is better when he's in a faction. And that's just watching him in, like, New Japan and, you know, the way he, the way he, it plays out. Yeah. Um,. And hopefully we'll get lucky and maybe he owns the rights to the cleaner music because I love that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think Omega is clearly the heel or will be the heel. And I think Omega's about to get the big run at the title too. Well, if Omega turns out to be the guy that beats Mox, I wouldn't be disappointed. That, that I'll put out there. Um, yeah. So Cassidy and Jericho, we're, we're coming up on it here, but I wanted to point out a couple things. This matchup was timed right. Um, they made sure that the matchup itself, they knew it was going to have some comedy. They knew it was going to be, 
they they went into it with a clear plan and they executed it. Um, I feel like if we, this would have been a perfect matchup to have the crowd, to have a full crowd, it would have been just so much better. Um, ultimately, Jericho gets dumped into the vat <laughs> as goes just after a second orange punch. It's not a Superman punch. It's an orange punch. <laughs> after a second orange punch, Jericho flies into the vat of Mimosa and it's done. Cassidy wins. So winning the rivalry, finishing it up, Cassidy is the victor. Um, I like actually the storyline that they started to play up with this at the end. What does Jericho do now? He's got to be embarrassed. He's got to be beside himself that he actually couldn't get the job done. Um, I don't know that I say he's he's on his way out of the inner circle because I think that'd be a mistake. But I, I think they're going to put him in a position where it's going to be pretty fun to watch. I think they're making a, a transition to where he's not as much in-ring as he is mouthpiece. Right. You know, more steering the younger younger guys and that kind of thing. That's what I think. Maybe moving him into like a Jesse the Body Ventura like kind of role, like commentator. Oh, yeah, I could see that. His commentary could have helped last night's you know, slow, slow start. I think if we had had Jericho on commentary instead of maybe Jr. Because uh, one thing I didn't mention, and this this was just a stupid move. I don't know that I'd go too far with it, but Jim Ross makes a comment during the Dark Order matchup, or right at the end, it's like, "Hey, did uh, Anna Jay have a wardrobe malfunction? Or maybe that was just wishful thinking." That's what he says. Well, immediately that comment is received poorly on social media and he just gets ridden through the mud. So during the pay-per-view, JR tweets out, Hey, you know, it was a poor attempt at humor. Um, sorry about that. If I offended anybody. And then he says, lighten up. So he gives an apology. Then he kind of takes it back. <laughs> like don't, don't tweet the apology if you're just going to take it back, but it's a dumb I'm move. sorry, but yeah, right, right. I'm sorry. You got upset. I didn't mean to upset you, but you're a pussy. It's basically what he says. It's like, God, dude, come on, man. You ain't got to be like that. But Yeah, so stop being like that, wanker. I think maybe I it's time for... I think it's time for Jim Ross to, to not be on commentary anymore. I, we talked about it Wednesday. I think it's time for him to do, you know, the major big field matches and to kind of start letting Shivani and Excalibur get more into a rhythm because, honestly, I think that's probably the team. Wow, that was well received. Really? Nothing? <laughs> wow. What, did you have the mute on? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just going to let me sit there and stew in my own juices, huh? Yeah, I'm going to let you sit. <laughs> you set it up. <laughs> Jeez, thanks. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not getting into that. Let's, let's hit the main event because there's... Like uh, three quick or two or three quick things I'd like to just bring up real quick. Yep. And, uh, huh? I said yep. Like W. So okay, the, I haven't seen event, so I can't really comment. But feel free to throw it down. Sure. So John Moxley, MJF. Uh, this main event turns the opinion from a show that could have been seen as fairly just average 
to maybe a strong B minus to B plus, depending on where you stand. Um, great matchup between the two. MJF, if you didn't believe that this kid belongs in the main event, um, you better believe it now because this guy is definitely supposed to be there. These guys just went tooth and nail, pardon the pun, from the previous match earlier in the night. Um, there was blood. There was intensity. There was wrestling where MJF even shouts to the crowd, sorry, you're getting wrestling tonight. Um, just great interaction between him and Moxley. He had great, great chemistry. Um, it, the end of this matchup comes where MJF hits a crossroads. Moxley kicks out. They get into this kind of a, a schmoz to try to get to the ring, the, the diamond ring, the dynamite diamond ring. Wardlow goes... To, goes to toss it. The referee, of course, is distracted by Wardlow now. He chucks it in there where the, supposedly the ref can't see, but MJF botches the catch. So it ends up bouncing and landing on the mat behind him. He turns around to go to get the ring. He picks it up, and he's got this... MJF is great with these reactions. This great smile on his face, like, now I've got him. Now he's done. And there's Mox looking at him, dead in the face. And then you get the oh shit face from MJF, which was perfect. And of course, because the ref's back's turn, bam, paradigm shift, down goes MJF. One, two, three, still world champion, John Moxley. Um, and then, of course, they tease the stare down between Archer and Moxley. Um, the matchup itself was, like I said, very back and forth. I liked the way these guys went at it. Um, some idiot fan tries to run at Mox when he's coming to the ring. And gets cut down by security, which was awesome to see. I've loved watching the replays. Just goes to <laughs> They're show. They're like, we finally let fans in, and someone's got to be a dumbass. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was so glad to see him get spiked down by security. <laughs> it was great. At first, at first, Jim Ross thought it was a kid. He's like, oh, there's some kid trying to meet his hero. And then it turns out, no, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Just some idiot guy that, uh, <clears throat> you know. Couldn't get the job done. Obviously, he missed. So, AEW pay-per-view uh, all out. Uh, boy, how do we grade this? How do we grade it? Brian, what's your score? Mm, I mean, all things considered, I'm still giving it uh, probably a B. Solid B, maybe a B plus. <laughs> We're too sure, huh? He's, he's really leaning into that one. Uh, I mean, yes, maybe something like well, I, what, do you, what do you want me to say? What, what do you give it, Rob? I don't know. I didn't watch it, so. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. That's fine, Rob. <laughs> Rob abstains. <laughs> uh, I'd say B minus. Um, I felt like the, like I said, tale of two pay-per-views on one. The first half was like, wow, what the hell are these guys doing? They need to get it together. Second half, well, they got it together, and they turned it into a, a pretty damn good show. Um, there were some parts that really made me mad, made me confused. I was concerned for Matt Hardy's health. You know, a couple of things there and there, but all in all, not a bad show. Um, I think they've found some things they can learn from, and honestly, the question was asked to uh, Tony Khan in the uh, post-show media scrum if – if he could go to a indoor arena, would he do it? He says no. I think, honestly, it might be time to consider finding one that's safe. But that's just me. 
Well, he doesn't own those, and he Correct. doesn't have to pay for air conditioning. Correct. On to you, Brian, sir. <laughs> what to start with real quick? Uh, Do it rapid fire. Hit us with it. Well, I mean, these are just observations. I'm just trying to figure out which He doesn't want to talk to us. <laughs> Which ones I'll irritate people with more. So I want to do those last. Ooh. Um, all right, so let's do the SmackDown. Uh, I thought that uh, women's tag match and the subsequent fallout uh, was probably one of the better segments SmackDown's had in a long time. Not the one I thought would flip. Um, Same. What? Not the one we thought would turn. Oh, you thought Sasha would turn? Yeah. Did you but, see Kenny I mean, Omega met made the made the Thunderdome? <laughs> Did he make it again? Oh no, he made it once. Oh okay. Um, I do think Bailey looks very heelish right right now after that beatdown. Finally, she needs um, to grow her hair back out. No, she looks like a complete Karen this way. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the second would be that I think you should keep NXT on Tuesday nights. Yeah, I agree with uh, you there. Um, I, I I think the reported plan was for NXT to take out AEW is like blown up in your face, and with the fact that they're putting up nine hundred thousand views on a night you're not there, and you're putting up eight hundred thousand views on a night that they're not there, probably smart to separate. And I think both of them put up, like, I think AEW was 900 plus and NXT was 800 plus on Tuesday and Wednesday. I think it'd be smart to separate. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's time to, to stop dicking around and just do what's right for business instead of we're having a, a Wednesday night war. No, you're not. It's not a war, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> yeah, cause, I mean, right now, AEW is just literally car blanche at taking shots at you. <laughs> There's nothing you're doing. So they are clearly winning whatever war you think there might be Wednesday night. And the last one, and I think, I, I think, I think, I think I can attribute this to your Twitter page there, Stan. Uh, we touched on it Wednesday night about the WWE and Vince McMahon coming out and saying that as of this point forward, <laughs> you're no to have your own social media accounts. Yep. Because we own your ring personas, your ring names, your real names, right on down the line. Right? And even over the weekend, there were places, websites that are supposed to be credible that were like, Oh, you people are so stupid. There's no way Vince McMahon would say that. Right? And I think it I think you even retweeted somebody saying something like that. Cuz I think that's where I saw Trump. I might have. And it it really baffles me that you're that much not you, but you would be that much of a bobblehead when you've seen a letter you have talent telling people 
you still defend Vince McMahon. And let me drive this point home to you, because if you don't believe Vince McMahon is like this, all you have to do is look up Paige, because today she said, guess what? My Twitch page will no longer be Paige. It'll go by this name, and I'm pretty sure it's her real name now. Right, right. And why did she do that? Because Vince McMahon said that at this point forward, no WWE talent can have certain social medias. So before you come out and make blanket statements on how great Vince McMahon is, maybe you should do your homework. Well, I don't think it's about Vince McMahon. I think it's about just the company and what they're doing to protect, in a poor manner, but what they're doing to protect their interest. And I say in a poor manner, that's what they're doing. I'm not talking about the WWE because I understand why you want to protect your intellectual property. Right. I'm talking about these other uh, uh, websites or podcasts or whatever that defend Vince McMahon when there is so much evidence to the contrary that you now have a legit Hall of Famer saying, well, I can't use Paige no more. I'm going to go by this. Well, it's it's just a, a stupid move to start thinking that you can kind of bully your way around and say uh, you can't do what are the, what is what were some of the things cameo and you know Twitch and all that and there was it, it's interesting to me because the complaints that I've read there's some that are like oh no Vince Vince is a genius and la 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 and I, I don't care where people stand on that that's never interested me um, but the thing is like this is not new. This is just publicized. Like, all of this... Dude, you signed a contract. You work there. All of your contract verbiage is there. It's not exactly... And Dolph Ziggler and Briley Pierce, Dolph Ziggler's younger brother, both can attest to this, because both of them tweeted it, that, uh, yeah, they they like it or don't like it, but it doesn't matter because they still signed the contract. It is what it is. But I I happen to agree with you. If you're defending Vince McMahon right now and this time, it's kind of an ill-advised move. It's, It's stupid. Because it's just making you look bad. Yeah. Uneducated, I think, is a better way to look at it. Yeah. But, you know, it just, you know, again, if you're wrong, you should probably shut up, especially four or five days into a story where you know you're wrong. My thing was, people were like, well, why is Top Talent saying he he never said he owns their real name? Because he probably never said that. That's probably a Meltzer feed right there. First off, nobody's going to own your real name. Why do you think the Ultimate Warrior and Ryback changed their names to their gimmick name? So they yeah, could own them. Just like I, I said, of course the top-tier talent is going to come out and send it because they're top-tier talent. But I can, you know as well as I do, if Vince gets mad enough, which he probably was, he probably said it in air. Now, whether he meant it or not, but he probably went on some stupid little tirade and threw it out there, not realizing what he was saying. Well, it's it's not just Paige that's uh, changed their social media stuff to their real name. Uh, Sasha Banks has, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, on her cameo page, it is Mercedes Motivation. Motivation is what she's calling it now. Sorry, it took me a minute to kind of remember what she what she called it. Um, but I, I'll say this, this isn't this story is by no stretch of the imagination done. 
the fallout from this is not done. Because AJ Styles, to date, is still on his Twitch as AJ Styles, which he does own. By the way, he does own his name. Um, but he's still doing the same Twitch feeds that he does and answering fan questions about the inside stuff of the business. And I'm almost positive that that's where this declaration came from. I wouldn't be shocked. Because he's the one that publicly stated how badly Paul Heyman screwed the uh, the club. Yeah, I would not be shocked. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention the uh, the pretty positive po- promo that Roman had w- with his uh, Universal Championship. All right, so although Paul Heyman was great, mm-hmm. there is nothing that came out of Roman Reigns' mouth that was any type of earth-shattering to me. Oh, certainly not. I mean, it's not going to be earth-shattering. You're, you're asking believe way that. too much out of that guy. <laughs> you said believe that. Believe you just, that. You just, you just you, you botched it. Greatest of all time, and you're botching his, his, his gimmick. Roman Reigns spoke. <laughs> I stopped listening. Yes. Oof, wow. He should okay. not speak. Just okay. like Brock Lesnar, he should not speak. Brock Lesnar speak. speak. Rob, stop listening. <laughs> so, Jerry. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I'm telling you, after Cena did to Roman Reigns what he did, yeah, nothing Roman Reigns can say to even have any credit as a wrestling promo. Yeah. The only time I liked listening to Roman Reigns is sort of is an R Truth game show. I haven't seen that episode yet, but the one with Alexa was pretty funny. <laughs> I like the scavenger hunt part. Yes, where she's running through her house trying to Go find, find it. me. <laughs> but she did. He it. does that with everyone, though. Oh, does he? Did he do it with Seamus? Because I didn't. I didn't finish that. Episode. Yeah, oh. he did it with Seamus, and Seamus's dogs kept getting in the way. <laughs> and he did it with Carmella, but Carmella had to keep going up and down the steps. He's oh, like, wow. she's like, why didn't you say that last time? It was right beside me. <laughs> uh, two things I would mention. If you haven't had a chance to do it, you better do it now when you get a shot because who knows how long before Vince shuts it down. Go to Up, Up, Down, Down and watch the Supercard video about South Paul Regional Wrestling. Breeze and Fandango are on it as their South Paul characters. And it is absolutely hysterical. So Mr. McElroy and uh, Chet Cheddarfield... In an awesome video, just just the NXT tag team champions. Hey, great tag match by the way, and uh, the Iron Man match. I will say this, even though I, <laughs> it was a stupid ending. I, I I guess I see it, but I don't. It was still a pretty good match. Not great, but pretty good. It was pretty good. All right, final thoughts before we head off the air, fellas. Thanks for letting me play today. <laughs> Thanks for letting us see you, Rob. I'm glad you're healthy. Hey. Brian Roman Reigns should not be talking <laughs> We started with AEW We ended with Roman Reigns should speak Anybody else notice that When Roman Reigns speaks WWE stock prices go down I want to see that <laughs> I want to see that Like if you're watching it through E-Trade If it goes down and then when the show ends It goes back up <laughs> You know well, I mean, he's got a point. What happens if, as a universe, any universal? Yeah. 
All right, so as Universal Champions, if the ratings dip further and go below his lowest ratings, which I think are one of the lowest ever, are are they now going to believe the fans that Roman Reigns probably shouldn't have that world title? I don't know. Right now, their ratings for both uh, Raw and SmackDown is hovering just over 2 million, where previous to, previous to Roman's return, it was under 2 million. Uh, 1.8, I think, was the the apex for where they hit while he was gone. Great. I truly, I truly believe that Roman Reigns should have jumped Drew McIntyre, and that would have been a great series. Interrupt him and RKO instead of Braun and, you know. But, hey. Yeah, because. Go ahead. What's the next main event of the pay-per-view for SmackDown? Uh, Roman versus who? <laughs> One of the Usos. Like yeah, the, cl- the class, the Night of the Champions, or Class of Champions. It's Roman Reigns versus his cousin. Yeah. When they should have aligned the cousin with him. Well, there's no saying that that's not going to happen. Supposedly, supposedly, there's something in the works for that. So there could there could feasibly be a one finger pushover. What? Yeah. What's the stipulation? Oh, if 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 I win, you gotta you gotta come and be my second. Uh, I didn't know there was a stipulation yet. Maybe that's next week. One yeah, day is gonna be the stipulation. <laughs> he said one day ish. Day one ish or whatever. That's because yeah. uh, let me ask you something, Stan. As mm. a as a a a true WWE aficionado. Right, and they did the one finger pushover. Uh huh. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I would really dislike that. I, I think that's stupid. I, do I think it's funny they would try it? Yeah, because it reeks of desperation to try to get some kind of a pop in the news. But yeah, I think it would be crappy. I'm because not again, sooner or later, Roman Reigns coming back is getting old, and <laughs> you pull stupid uh, crap like okay. that is going to get older faster. We'll see. We'll see. He's the greatest of all time, damn it. Greatest. Oh, okay. He so jumped the wrong camp. Eye, where do you put him? What's that? I said, where do you put old crazy eyes? Uh, I mean, you know, a close second. <laughs> Is it just because right. he didn't sign your shit? Yes. You see what happens? You see what happens when you don't sign my stuff? You go to the back of the line, pal. <laughs> You're on the list. No, he just cut the line. That's what happened. He's like, <laughs> bastard. He saw, the truth is, he was there the whole time. He saw you come in the back door, and he goes, negative, Ghost Rider. <laughs> Why you got to keep peeling the scab off? You know, it gets to heal, you got to peel it off. All right. He was at the other end of the antique mall going, I ain't going. Yeah, right, right. Screw this for so the market. I'm out of here. He was looking straight, and then Kevin Nash, he was peripheral all at the same time. <laughs> The truth is, he was there. He just couldn't see you. <laughs> you were standing in his blind spot. <laughs> he was looking at You mean I was in front of him and didn't know? <laughs> <laughs> we could do this all day. Oh. Hey, uh, thanks again for everybody for listening. Tuning in to C2C, Corner to Corner. Um, we definitely appreciate your thoughts, your listenership, and your loyalty. Oh, suck it. I got Nick Jackson, too. <laughs> there you go. Oh, did you? Did you? Okay. 
Okay. I still need Matt, but you need Matt. Uh, yeah. Matt's the one with the uh, the hair out of the ponytail, correct? Yeah, Matt's the Matt's the one on the side of the box that says Matt Jackson. <laughs> oh, oh, that one. That oh. one. Yeah. Asshole. You find Brandy? Let me know. No, it says Matt Jackson. It doesn't say asshole. Oh, so I have a theory that I'm gonna run. I'll I'll tell both of you once we're done. Okay. I'm not. I'm not giving this away on air because my luck, it'll be true. Yeah, and then we'll get sniped. All right, everybody, have a great night. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time right here on C2C Radio Show. Peace. All right, you let me know when you're clearly off there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 